This is the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones, broadcasting from the beautiful hill country of Texas. All right, guys, I have a great show for you today. But before I get to my guest, before I talk about that, I just have to say thank you for all of you who sponsored the Vulnerable People Project. This last two weeks ago was a very hard week for us. A school that was slated to be secured was attacked by ISIS. 22 students were murdered, countless injured, and um, we're working furiously to uh, uh, secure the girls' schools across Afghanistan. And thanks to the donors of the Vulnerable People Project, we were able to secure another school this week. And we're not going to stop until every girls' school has armed security, metal detectors, and um, closed-circuit televisions and security guards across Afghanistan. So I just want to thank you. I also want to share with you that I got to see a preview of a movie called Cabrini, directed by Alejandro Monteverdi. I've worked with him on two films, uh, many films, uh, three films, uh, Crescendo, Bella, and Little Boy. He's my favorite director, obviously, so I work with him. But this movie, Cabrini, it's going to be a box office success, maybe as big as the Titanic. It is an epic four-quadrant film that means industry lingo for everybody's going to love it. Italian-Americans are going to go wild. But this movie's for everyone, and I just can't wait till you see it. It may be a year or so before it's in theaters, but I just want to tell you that um, when this movie Cabrini comes out, I'm going to be buying out theaters across America through Movie to Movement. We want to make sure um, everyone sees this film. It's an American story. It's an immigrant story. It's a, obviously, it's, it's Mother Cabrini. It's a very Italian story, but it is just a human story. Best movie I've ever seen. Cannot wait for you guys to see Cabrini and um, just... It's, it's, it was so startlingly beautiful. Let me say this. When my friends do things, you have like two glasses. You have one glasses on there. You're friends, so you're going to like it no matter what. But then you ha- And you have another pair of glasses that prevents you from seeing how great something is because we're all a little insecure and say, well, my, he's my friend. He can't make one of the best movies in Hollywood history. I mean, he knows me. That's a big strike against him to do anything that magnificent. And... So I try to take off my first, you always got to take off that first pair of glasses. But with this film, I'm like, I, am I watching this film with, do I have to take off the second pair? Of, and I was like, yeah, I have to. I have to be honest, this is the perfect film. And Cabrini's the perfect film. And I just cannot wait for the world to see it. Anyways, that is a bit of a digression because our show today is I'm going to be interviewing Terry Hasdorf, she's a friend of mine, but she has a new book. She's a former White House staffer. She has a new book, Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. Now, does that mean if you're not a Christian, you shouldn't be involved in politics? Well, it depends. Do you agree with me? If you agree with me on most things, you need to be involved in politics, whether you're a Christian or not. If you find that you often disagree with me, you should never, ever vote again. You should never write a letter to the editor. You should never donate to candidates. You should leave the country. But if you're a Christian or anyone who more or less shares Jason Jones's values, you need to get involved in politics. And that's why you need to read Terry 
Hasdorf's book. Again, if you don't share my values, you should still go into the show notes, order the book, read the book, but do the opposite of what she says. And this, Terry has a lifetime of experience in politics from the local level to working at the White House to uh, state politics and national politics to working for USAID in their faith-based and community initiatives during the Bush 43 administration. So Terry is someone you really want to listen to. She was, it was wonderful to interview her. You're going to love her. You're going to order her book and you are going to vote next week. Again, if you share my values, you're going to vote next week. If you don't, you deserve a day off. You should just stay home on Tuesday, watch Netflix. There's a lot of stuff to binge watch and avoid the whole voting thing. Okay. Oh, did I didn't even say who brought this show sponsored by. This show is being sponsored by the Vulnerable People Project. Go to thegreatcampaign.org. Become a monthly donor or give your best one-time gift. We are securing schools across Afghanistan. Uh, famine is already setting in across marginalized communities in Africa where we're supporting Christian communities uh, through our food partnership programs. Um, we've launched our freeourbishops.com initiative so you're going to want to go to freeourbishops.com and sign our petition. It's going to go to Pope Francis into our elected leaders. We are going to demand that the CCP keep Cardinal Zen in, out of prison, free our bishops that they have disappeared. Eight bishops have been disappeared across China. No one knows where they are. The CCP took them to black prison sites, and they've never been heard from again. We're going to find out, and we're going to get them free. Uh, go to freeourbishops.com and sign that petition. Also, this episode is being brought to you by MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the code Jones, deep discounts, and all your products. I've heard people doing Christmas ads already the day after Halloween. We're not going to do that. I think that's horrible. But if you're one of those people that does their shopping early, you want to get all your gifts over there at MyPillow.com using the code Jones. Not only do they get a great product, they get that dopamine hit because they know they're getting a product from our favorite person, Mike Lindell. MyPillow.com, the code is Jones. And, of course, the best newspaper in the world, Epoch Times. Go to IReadEpoch.com. Use the code Jason Jones. You get your first month subscription for only a dollar. All right. My interview with Terry Hasdorf on her powerful book, Running into the fire. It's the Jason Jones Show. Aloha, Terry Hesdorf. Welcome to the Jason Jones Show. Well, hey, Jason. It's wonderful to be with you today. Well, I'm. This is perfect timing because we have something's happening next Tuesday. What's happening? I forget. I got to look <laughs> oh, at my, my calendar. Goodness. Something is definitely happening. What is, I got to look we at my calendar. What's midterm. happening next Tuesday? Midterm elections. Midterm elections. They're the most important elections, really, though, aren't they? You know, Jason, I really think this is one of the most critical elections. Everybody always says that every go-round, but I, I think this is <laughs> such a vital election that I am telling everybody I know, please, please, please get out and vote. It is just critical. And our vote weighs more, right? So we bring more currency to the table when we vote during a midterm. Would you know off the Absolutely. top of your head, like what is voter turnout? How much is it depressed midterm to general? 
you know, I don't have that exact stat, but I know that it's historically less because people just get much more excited about the uh, presidential races and they hear a lot more about it because a lot more ad dollars are spent for presidential races. And yet these midterm elections right now are so critical towards determining, you know, what's going to happen with the House and the Senate. And to be quite blunt about it, our country has never been closer to the brink of socialism. And if we don't take back, you know, the seats that are being held right now by some of the people that uh, do not share the views that are uh, for the majority of Americans, you know, 64% of Americans identify as Christians. And yet you've got a lot of people that have uh, gotten an office or are trying to get an office to have very extreme views that do not represent uh, most people. And the only way that's not going to happen is if people turn out and vote and they need to vote in person as much as they possibly can. Well, and you have a new book and uh, running into the fire. It's grounded in your years of experience in politics and in government service. Now, the title is running into the fire and it's to encourage us to get involved in politics. And you didn't name it like running to the picnic. <laughs> right. You, like running to the water park. <laughs> it's running into the fire by Terry Hasdorf. And this is to encourage us. And I love the title because when people go and like a, I, we see the faith community kind of show up in fits and spurts and enthusiasms because they think it's going to be easy, then they quit after one election cycle. Yeah. And what I love about your title is it says, hey, listen, it's fun for the first 10 minutes. And then it's a duty, a very important mm -hmm. duty. Correct. Well, you know, the reason why, yes, that's exactly correct. The reason why I named it that is because I was actually talking with a friend of mine who had also run for Congress about the same time that I did. And I asked him, why do you believe Christians shy away from being involved in politics? And he said, well, because they're afraid of it. They think of it as being dirty and corrupt. And I said, you're absolutely right. That's what I hear over and over. He said, but you know what they really need to be doing is thinking of it more like people who are in law enforcement or people who are firefighters because they're trained to overcome their fears. And instead of running away from the burning building, they run right into it. And I thought, you know, that's exactly it. As Christians, we're supposed to walk in faith, not fear. And if you're trained properly, you don't have to be afraid. You just, you know, learn by doing and you ease in. And if God guides you to be involved in politics, he equips you for what he calls you to do. And, and think about it. It is like being a firefighter or a police officer. Look, look at the Biden, look at the past two years, just the past two years. We have Afghanistan collapse into hell. There is a war on women in the world that was launched by the Biden administration's ham-fisted retreat from Afghanistan. Women are being beaten, murdered, in hiding, can't get an education. You have now here at home, single moms, inflation, devastating. The price of gas, uh, catastrophic. And there's all of this human suffering that is caused because of who won the last election. And if we want to ameliorate the suffering of the most vulnerable people here at home, and unfortunately around the world because we're the hegemon. We're the most powerful country in the history of the world. We touch everyone. Mm -hmm. We as Christians have a real responsibility. I've spent the past year hiding Christians in Afghanistan, getting them food, getting them coal, other minorities, securing schools, evacuating um, those Afghans who fought shoulder to shoulder with our people. I wouldn't have had to do any of that if Trump won the last election or if we had the House and the Senate potentially. But here we are, all of this human suffering that was caused by the last election. So it is, it is as important as being a firefighter or being a police officer in the impact of human suffering that we can have with our vote. 
Well, it really is, Jason. And, you know, the thing that I really try to encourage people to remember is if, if we don't like what we see happening around us, it's our job to change it. You know, we, we are the ones who are called to be salt and light. As Christians, we are the majority in this country, and yet half of Christians are not even registered to vote. You know, and, and out of the ones that are registered, uh, about, you know, 40% often don't turn out at all in elections. So it's, um, it's really something that's a critical need, and the body of Christ needs to engage more fully. How would your book help us? Like, so I've, it's hard for me, and I have to be conscious of this. I've been involved in politics since I was 17, and um, I've worked at the, every level from the State House to the White House, as you have. How does your book help someone who's never really been involved politically? They may have never even voted or they're registered to vote and they vote here and there. Um, how will your book help them take that leap to being involved? And then, then if you can tell us what does being involved mean, is it running for uh, national committeeman or precinct captain or is it just registering to vote? How can this book help us and what is being in, get involved? And then to you, what does that mean? What does being involved in the political process mean? Well, the book is three things. It's really a call to action for the body of Christ, and it's an equipping tool. It's designed to empower people to know where the levers are. I've taken my 20-plus years of experience in politics, my experience running for Congress, my experience running a super PAC, all of those pieces, uh, and, I've, and I've just distilled it down to give people uh, information on where the levers are, how they can be the most effective, how they can really make a difference. And then last but not least, it's a reference guide. It's really geared toward uh, equipping you with information about where you can go to plug in for more training, more resources, more information, or where to find people that are like-minded that you can join forces with. And then, you know, how you can make a difference? Well, first and foremost, you know, pray. And if God is calling you to serve in the mountain of government, don't let anybody stop you from doing that. Because, you know, I think that's the thing for so long, a lot of uh, churches have almost discouraged people from being involved in this in any way, shape, or form. And that's why we see a lot of the things happening that, that we don't like. And so um, if God's calling you to do that, then absolutely that's, you know, something you, sh you should do. But not everybody's called to serve in the mountain of government, and that's okay. You may not be called to run for office. You may not be called to serve in government, but you still don't get a pass, you know, because the people who are called need to be supported. And that's where the body of Christ, I think, has really uh, not – uh, seen that need and met it in the past and I'm really putting out a call to action for people to rise up and help support those because if you have somebody who's honest and willing to be in this they can't do it alone they've got to have support and that means not only voting at the ballot box but voting with your wallet with your time with your influence in every way you can because that's that's the only way that they're going to really be effective I really like how you put that we are not all called to, to serve in government but we all are have a political duty. I tell folks, you, you know, and I'll hear Christians say, well, Jason, I pray. Yeah, I pray too. What do you think? I don't pray. Um, I'm, my, I'm called to pray. You're called to do that. I'm, no, we are the sovereigns. Our founding fathers said, well, this is not a monarchy. Can you imagine if the king of England, there's famine, there's war, there's civil unrest, and you go, king, what, what do you do? I, no, I pray. I don't get involved in that dirty stuff of, of war and civil unrest and famine. I, I just pray. Have faith, Jay. No, but you're king. Well, we are the kings and queens, right? We're the sovereigns. And so although we may not be called to run for elected office or to serve in government, we all have a civic duty to be engaged in the public life of our community 
because we were born free citizens of a constitutional republic, which means each and every one of us is the sovereign. And when you don't put your oar in the water, that means that others have to row harder. And then we have jobs too. We have families too. We have little league and boy scouts too. And um, we have church too. We all, so when you're not putting your oar in the water, then someone is having to row. We're all having to row harder. Right. And, I'm from Hawaii. When you said, I can't wait to look at this book and see the resources you have to find like-minded people. Because people say, well, Jason, where I live, you don't understand. No one thinks like me. Well, I'm from Hawaii. Come on. The bluest of the blue states. Maybe. Second to Minnesota. And I was surrounded by like-minded people. Tragically, many of them voted the wrong way because they needed to be educated on the history of the two parties. But all of us are surrounded by like-minded people. Many of these like-minded people have been working very hard for a very long time and could use someone to come help shoulder some, some of the burden, right? You are so right. Many hands make light work. And, you know, I almost named this book less than 1% because that's the percentage of Americans who gave to political campaigns in the 2016 election cycle. And if you're honest, like me, and you are called to run and you step out into that arena and you're not a multimillionaire and you're not willing to take money from people who are basically going to own you the minute you get in office. Well, where do you go? You go to other Christians who are like-minded and you say, Hey, you, you know me, I'm, I'm a Christian like you and I share your values and I'm feeling called to do this and I need your help. And when they look at you over and over and they say, Oh, I'm sorry, we just don't get involved in politics. Where do you go? So this is where there's a major disconnect. I think, you know, we we complain about the fruit of the problem, but we're not going to the root. The root of the problem is, is we need people to engage. And, way, you know, prayer is absolutely first and foremost, but you don't stop there. You can't stop there. There's so much more that's needed. And like you say, if everybody gets involved, many hands make like work. In your book, Running Into the Fire, our world is on fire. And um, we have the Biden administration skipping to World War III. You know, Terry, the same people that told us, don't go to grandma's house on Thanksgiving. Like grandma spent her last Thanksgiving alone because COVID will kill you um, or grandma. They're telling, they're treating world, nuclear war, like New, New York Times had an article saying, we shouldn't really fear nuclear war. It wouldn't be that bad. So <laughs> this is who's running the world right now. This is who's in charge right now. They're tap dancing to World War III. Um, they say that you saw Biden this week said that the economy's he saved us from the Trump economy. I, I, did you hear Biden came out and said that he saved us from Trump's horrible economy. And, you know, I'm solidly middle class. My wife texted me today. We actually had a big fight about two weeks ago for two months in a row. In the middle of the month, my wife texted me that, we blew the budget for the month. And I was upset. I'd been traveling. Work has been hard at the Vulnerable People Project. We had a school that was just blown up by ISIS. That week, I was stressed out. Here I am in the middle of the month, and my wife's saying we blew the budget. I said, can you send me an email breaking down where you're spending money on? We, and really, our only expenses are like guitar lessons and soccer. <laughs> you know, we have seven kids. We homeschool. I'm like, how, what did we, she says, honey, we, I don't know. I don't know where the money's going. We looked at the budget. It's gas. It's food. Mm. It's inflation. 
literally two months in a row, we're in the second week of the month and our monthly budget had already been blown. Now we're solidly middle class. It hurts, but we can scrape up and we can, you know, I said, sell this, these invest, whatever. Let's figure things out. But I was not too long ago, a single dad with two kids eating Simon every day with my kids. And so I remember, and I just cannot imagine how devastating this economy is to people that are on the margins. And unfortunately, so many of them, because they're stressed out working at Amazon and driving Uber and doing Little League and all they can, being brainwashed by the media, they're going to vote the wrong way, right? So when we're engaged, we're, we're actually, I say so many times in politics, I'm fighting hardest for the people who are voting the wrong way. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I know what you're saying 100%. And, you know, right now we're looking at a $30 trillion deficit. Uh, our <laughs> price of gas, price of food on the table is getting higher and higher. Uh, the national debt has risen more than $3 trillion just in the last, uh, you know, year and a half since Biden entered office. And it's, it's very concerning. I think that's what most Americans are, are really starting to feel the effects of right now. Yeah, it's, and, and, and it's the, the, those on the margins. So as Christians, this is we have to organ, order our life to serve the most vulnerable members of our community. And our most vulnerable members of our community right now are having their, their throats stepped on by politicians who are, you know, running us off the cliff. What was your inciting incident to get involved in politics? When did you get involved? Well, when I was in high school, I went to Russia on an exchange program. I was one of 40 student leaders that was chosen from across the state of Alabama. And we traveled to seven different cities and spent three weeks there. And I saw firsthand what communism does to people and the hopelessness and the oppression and the lack and the utter despair that I saw there. People didn't smile. They just looked like they were afraid most of the time. Uh, It was horrible. And when I came back, I literally, when my plane landed at John F. Kennedy Airport, I literally got down on my hands and knees and kissed the ground. I was so grateful. What year was this? What year was this? Oh, gosh, this was 1987. And so that was before Glasnost, before Perestroika, before the wall came down. I'm dating myself here. It was, but it was, know, but it was the same year as Rocky IV. So I'm seeing a theme. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a theme. So, you know, the thing that was so amazing about that was it gave me such an incredible appreciation for what we have and and our ability to get involved in government and make a difference. And that was really the catalyst for going in and volunteering down at the governor's office, interning in the White House, being asked to stay on board in the first Bush White House uh, for over a year in the Office of Public Liaison, and then, you know, continuing on into several other offices and roles that I had uh, in government because... I just had such a deep appreciation and respect for what we have here. It's so precious, and we take it so for granted. Yeah. Now, were there any books that you read? So when you came back 1987, um, this was a year after, I guess, we saw Oliver North, you know, before the world with his right hand raised. Um, Were there any books that you read or any teachers or your family? How did you know? How did you put two and two together when you were in, in, in Moscow and you came home, like how did the pieces fit? Were you prepared for them to fit? Did your, were your parents really engaged in politics? Did you talk about the news a lot or how did, how did things gel for you after this trip? 
Well, you know, I, I did what I, I put out a call for in the book. I started getting trained. I just started learning by doing. I went down and started volunteering in the governor's office and interning in the labor department at the treasury department. And once I got into one place, somebody would say, hey, you know, this is really great. Would you like to do something over here? Um, and doors just start opening as people get to know you. It's like any other industry. You just, you know, start learning. Um, it wasn't one particular book, but I did read a lot of books. Uh, that were geared towards, just, you know, understanding what it was that I was in the middle of and being inspired by, you know, Ronald Reagan and some of the other leaders that we've had that have um, been leaders with courage and courage breeds courage. That's one of the things that I like to remind people of. And when you're willing to step up, other people do as well. And uh, it just, you know, something that I, I never regretted one ounce of what I learned working in politics and in government because... And and you no must have had great men, and you had great to. mentors. Did you have great mentors I, along the I way? Had incredible mentors. Yes, I really did. In fact, it was those type of people that would take me under their wing and and teach me that you know kept me in it because we all need that, and that's what we probably have to have more of today. Yeah, I remember as a young man, I was always looking for mentors. I I looked for them in the army. I you know after the army went to college, but it wasn't until I got really involved in politics. Uh, and it is a messy business, right? But, but it is, it is finding people of integrity in the midst of all of this temptation and all of this chaos, uh, to find these noble characters to look up to and to model ourselves after. There's no better. I found for myself, there has been no better place to find these mentors than in engaging in the political life of my community. Well, and you know, Jason, this is the other thing that I really want to make. Um, people understand is there are good, honest people serving in government and in politics. I think so many people, you know, just think that it's like house of cards and that everybody in Washington is like that. And it's, that's not true. That uh, couldn't be farther from the truth. There are really, you know, good people as well. Um, I'm not going to argue. There's I would actually say those people are the minority and they stick out like sore thumbs. There's not that there's people that we <laughs> disagree with ideologically, Right. Uh, I think some of the most damage that is done is by zealous true believers um, mm -hmm. that have been infected by dangerous ideologies. They're the most dangerous. The House of Cards characters, you and I were friends. I know some. We, we share. I know some of these people. You know, we know these people. They're around, but they and they stick out like sore thumbs, right? So maybe mm -hmm. most of the damage is done by zealous true believers. These sort of kind of political hack characters that are in it for the game. Everyone knows who they are, and I think they're a, a very small because it's not the best place to to go to make money, right? So, the folks that go into doing it for those reasons are sleazy and the minority, and stick out like sore thumbs. Well, and often people, you know, see that and get turned off and think, "Oh gosh, why would I want to be involved in that?" And yet, that's the very reason why we need more people involved because that's how you vote those kind of people out, or that's how you replace them by you know, being the one to fill the, the job or whatever that they might have gotten into. And they're in everywhere. So, they're everywhere, right? They're just, they're in, they're mm -hmm. in the church. They're in every industry. So, of course, you're not going to, you don't expect, a, you know, where there's money and power, it's going to attract some strange rangers. But, yeah, that, that that's more the reason to get involved because there's so much that's at right. stake. That's right. Can you give us some principles? I got two more questions for you, but can you give us some basic principles that you cover in your book that that we can follow to sort of guide our action 
as we try to step into this uh, ocean of politics? Well, first and foremost, you know, we're called to be salt and light, and we're called to be those who seek the welfare of the city that we're in. We're, we're supposed to rule and reign. So it really is something that, uh, you know, the, the guiding principle that we should be looking at as believers with the mountain of government is it's something that we have a responsibility to steward. And then second of all, I would say, uh, you know, you just need to pray and see what God would lead you to do, how, how you're supposed to be involved. It may, like I said earlier, it may not be that you're supposed to put your name on a ballot or go work directly in a government job, but there are so many people that uh, make decisions every day in politics that affect our daily lives and touch everything that we do. And so we want to make sure that those people are the right kind of people. And the only way we're going to have that is a numbers game. Politics is ultimately a numbers game. And the only way we're going to have the right kind of people is if we start, you know, getting more engaged politically. Yeah, I, I donate to everyone at every level running for office that represents me, that shares my values, even if it's $10 because it costs them 90 cents to even identify me to send me a mailing. I want to make sure I send them all a little something. I want to be on their lists, right? It's good to get up. People complain. I get all this junk mail. I got all these texts. Well, I say there's two types of countries you can live in. One where they knock on your door on a Saturday afternoon where you're trying to watch the baseball game and they interrupt you. And they say, excuse me, sir, I'm running for state house of representatives. And they hand you a palm card. And they share with you their positions. That's one kind of country you can live in. The other kind of country is where they kick down your door at three in the morning and drag you out throw you in the back of a vehicle and speed away. And so we should look at things differently, right? They knock on your door. You should be grateful that they're taking the time. You're frustrated they knocked on your door, but they just knocked on 600 doors this weekend. That's how they spent their weekend. You get frustrated that you get the email. We should be grateful that you got the email. You go, oh, I'm grateful when I get emails from any politician. If I, they share my values, I'm like, ooh, okay, let me check this guy out, send him a little money. And if they don't share my values, I'm like, ooh, I wasted some money. I wasted some of their money. They had to send me an email. Great. Um, right? So we should really, I think, don't you feel a lot of Christians just feel annoyed by the whole participatory democracy thing? Well, you know, I think it's really ironic that there's so many people that are coming here from countries like Venezuela, and they're coming here illegally because they're fleeing things that are so horrible. And those things that are so horrible that they're fleeing are the very things that we are on the brink of embracing here in this country. So, you know... If somebody's inconvenienced <laughs> by not not wanting to answer the door when somebody's coming around to talk to them about an election coming up, I think I think they need to think a little differently <laughs> about what we have here and how absolutely precious it is and how critical it is that we preserve it because it could it could be lost. Yeah, I mean, I feel that it's slipping. I saw a meme. It said, "The freedoms we lose today, your children will never know they had." Mm. And, right. you know, I was on Steve Bannon's The War Room last week because there have been eight Catholic bishops disappeared in China, just gone. The police show up. They vanish in the middle of the night. No one knows where they are. And the Red Cross can't get access. No one can get access. And, you know, I was thinking here, I'm talking to Steve Bannon, a guy who they're seeking to throw away for life in prison. There's that ABC News journalist who was uh, ABC News producer that you may have heard of him was doing a story 
on the catastrophe of the Afghanistan withdrawal, the FBI showed up at his house and no one knows where he is and no one's talking. The FBI's not. So, I mean, we may already be there, right? I think this, this election is so important because we can get House investigations into the abuses of the Department of Justice, State Department's failure in Afghanistan. I'd like to see a new J6, January 6th hearings to see what really did happen on January 6th. Let's, let's look at this from a bunch of new angles. Um, and uh, if this election doesn't go the right way, this, this, this may, I mean, this is, we're, we're almost there, aren't we? It's it's dangerously close, way closer than I would like. Do you have any hope that you can give us? What's some? I have great hope to give you. Okay, I, that's I have, what we I need. have so much hope. That's why I wrote this book is to give other people hope. This is you know a time where all is not lost. There are so many things that just even one person can do to make a difference, and that's what is what makes America so incredible. We have the ability to get involved and change things, and if we don't like what we see happening around us. It's our job to change it. So that's the whole point of this is to say, look, you know, the time is now and you've got to lean in, not pull back. We're called to walk in faith, not fear. And courage breeds courage. So just, you know, rise up. Your country needs you. Look at Roe v. Wade. When I got involved in politics, it was my inciting incident was when my high school girlfriend's father forced her to have a third trimester abortion while I was in basic training. I didn't even know abortion was legal until I found out my child was destroyed through a forced third trimester abortion. That, that was my inciting incident. And I said then as a young 17-year-old private, I'm going to spend the rest of my life until we overturn Roe v. Wade. And people laughed at me. Commanding officers laughed at me. When I was in college, my professors laughed at me. And, okay, Jason, good luck with that. And here we are. We live in a post-Roe America. And, Terry, you know, in the early 90s, the idea of Roe v. Wade overturning was impossible. No, no one imagined that this day would actually come. I remember James Bopp, the lawyer for National Right to Life, said maybe five or ten years ago, we're 40 years away from Roe v. Wade overturning. Hmm. And yet here we are. The CCP, hmm. I'm sorry, not the CCP, uh, the Soviet Union. When you were in the Soviet Union in 1987, you probably felt like it was going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. And then before you graduated well, college, it was in the history books. Yeah, that's exactly right. And wonderful things can happen with elections as well. You know, it, it just takes people getting involved. And that's why it's so critical to get out and vote. I mean, we're just days away now. There's, there's so much that's riding on this election. So I can't, I can't emphasize it enough. People just really need to get out. And vote in person as much as possible. It's vote in person. Okay. I'm voting Republican. Listen, I vote. I'm voting Republican. I'm voting pro-life. I, we have, if you want to vote Democrat, you get to vote Democrat after you die in every election. <laughs> so you might as well vote Republican now because when you die, most, it's strange, like young women vote Democrat, right? And then around 24, they start moving right. By the time they're 30, the majority vote Republican. And then when they die, they all vote Democrat. It's strange how in different places in our existence we vote differently. Do you ever think yeah, of that? It's, You're going to be voting you Democrat know, one day. We all will. I just, I just want people to vote now. Vote <laughs> now. Vote while you're alive. Vote for candidates <laughs> that support freedom, that are pro-life. And um, how can we follow you? We're all going to buy this book. 
We're all going to get involved politically because it's our duty. It's not a choice. It's not your choice to be registered to vote. And registering to vote and voting in every election, I say, makes you a D student. That's a D student. You register to vote, you vote, you're a D student. You volunteer, Mm -hmm. you put signs out, C student. You know, you start running, founding a PAC or becoming a major donor. You start working your way to an A. You run for office, become party chair. Now you're an A student. And I hear people say, well, I vote. Oh, well, good for you. You had to vote. Like, that's just, that's like attendance, right? That's, That's the very basic thing we can do is register to vote, be informed in the candidates, and vote. Mm-hmm. That's 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 like ground zero. That's right. And then you tick your way up from there to greater involvement as you begin to learn and trust your ability to navigate the whole process. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. very ground zero is voting. And I love voting more on, on off election years because I feel like my I love voting more and I love volunteering more because I know it's having a dramatic impact. Um, that the uh, presidential election years, it's like all the money in the world is showing up and all the media in the world is engaged and whipping up enthusiasms. But in these off election years, especially when we're talking about the state house and the state Senate, we have a real, we as individuals can have a huge impact on who wins and who loses. That's right. Terry, how do we follow you? We're going to get your book. I'm going to have the link in the show notes to purchase the book. But beyond reading your book, how do we follow you? Well, thanks, Jason. So you can go to my website, godovergovernment.com. If I had to sum the book up in three words, that would be it. Uh, So you can find me there. Um, The book is available on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Charisma House website. And uh, and you can buy it right straight off my my webpage, godovergovernment.com. Do you have any social media where you hang out more than any other place? So, yes, there's a Facebook page, Running Into the Fire, uh, as well as a Twitter page. And um, uh, Twitter is Run Into Fire, Running Into the Fire. Um, and then uh, Facebook, you can just do a search for, the, for Running Into the Fire, and it'll, it'll come up. We need to train ourselves to be that type of person that runs towards the fire. That's right. Did you hear about those two guys that wrestled the grizzly bear this week? No, I didn't hear about that. I want to be those guys. No, these, <laughs> these two these two college wrestlers, one of his buddy was getting mauled by a grizzly bear in Wyoming, and then his buddy jumped on the grizzly bear's back, and together they wrestled his grizzly bear down. Oh, my goodness. They were hurt wow. pretty bad. But I thought, that's who I want to be. I want to be that yeah. guy. My friend's getting attacked by a grizzly. I want to be the guy that just jumps on the back of the grizzly. I want the world's on fire. I want to run toward the fire. Our Our, right. our country's on fire. My grandfather landed at Normandy, and he fought in Chosin Reservoir in the Korean War. And I get to drink a cappuccino while I pass out palm cards for my state house candidate. That's a, that's easier deal, but it needs to be done, right? Yeah, it really does. It's it, it's a battle, regardless of, of how how easy <laughs> it may seem in some ways or how hard. We we always need to continuously fight, and standing up for the country right now is really the most important thing well Terry, i think I'm, I'm i thank you for that i'm about to sell uh what's your favorite pillow <laughs> yeah. my pillow do you have one i do what do you have 
just a regular one. Do you have the sheets? Do you have the mattress topper? Do you have the, no, the bathrobe? I get those, don't I? Well, let me tell you <laughs> now. Listen, I have right now. We have the FBI special. It's there's a deep discount on the robe and on the slippers. You use the code Jones. So when the FBI pulls you out of your house at four in the morning, you're looking good and you're comfortable on your way down to be booked. What do you think of that? <laughs> nah, it's, no, it's I call it the FBI special. You get the robe, you get the slippers. I hope they come for me because it's going to make me rich. I told my neighbor already, I'm going to be in the robe and slippers, and I'm going to yell out, use the code Jones. <laughs> and okay. what do you think of that? <laughs> I think you've got quite a marketing plan there. Chris. That's the plan. <laughs> So anyone listening at the FBI, I will give you 10% of my cut. But but beyond that, the slippers are the most comfortable things in the world. The robe is – I don't wear – to be honest, I don't wear a robe. I think that's weird. But but the robes, I, I'm told, are great. But the mattress topper is the best thing on earth. And I have a Tempur-Pedic well, bed, and I prefer the mattress topper. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, I think I'm going to buy some for a Christmas present. Maybe I might just have to get one for my mom. Hey, don't start saying, no, no, we're not one of those shows. How dare you, Terry? You just turned us, you just turned us into one of those shows that starts promoting Christmas specials the day after Halloween. Well, you know, Jason. But hey, hey, Terry, I want to say though, you're right. They make great gifts for everyone. Use the code Jones. Work down your entire Christmas list. I'd get started now, guys. I wouldn't have brought it up, Terry. I'm too good a Christian for that. But now that you mentioned it, it's never too early to start buying Christmas presents. <laughs> no, it's not. And those are great presents to buy. All right. Well, Terry, I don't think you want to stick around. You help me sell pillows. I'm going to sell magazines and some other things. But you might want to bounce now. And um, I hope everyone gets your book, Running Into the Fire. It's uh, You're a friend of mine. I look forward to getting to know you better. And this book... Uh, I'm, I'm going to read, I'm going on a silent retreat and I'm going to make, this is one of the books I'm going to read on my silent retreat and I'm going to, I'm coming out on Sunday and I'm going to hit the ground running those last two days. Volunteering is in my local community to serve candidates that share my values. I hope everyone reads your book and gets involved because there is no, it is the most beautiful privilege that we have to be Kings, to be sovereigns, to participate. And we have the ability to participate in the real in real meaningful ways in the governance of our communities and our state and our country. And that is a blessing that I, that, that, that we have come to take for granted. And I thank you for writing this book. I thank you for your lifetime of service. And I look forward to seeing you sometime again soon. Thank you so much, Jason. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm very honored that you're going to read the book. Thanks for letting me be on your podcast today. Anytime. You just let me know. And you're, you're welcome back on anytime. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank God you. Bless. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that's uh, Terry Hasdorf, her book, Running Into the Fire. And I love the title because, guys, being engaged in the political life of your community isn't a picnic, but it is a picnic, you know, compared to living in the CCP or into the USSR or Venezuela or in Brazil in about 60, 70 days. It is a picnic, and it's a great privilege, and it is slipping through our fingers, this totalitarian technocracy that is emerging and submerging our republic is horrifying. But right now, the ball is in our court. The ball is in your court. 
And, um, and just look to Roe v. Wade. We overturned Roe v. Wade. And that just did not happen. The overturning of Roe v. Wade had to do with millions of pro-life, mostly Christians, let's be honest, working at the local level for decades. That is what led to the changing of the culture, the changing of the political climate, that led to those elections that were important to get those judges on the court. But that wasn't even enough. The culture had to change. The culture had to change while the courts changed for all of this to happen. And so if Roe v. Wade can overturn, there is no, no obstacle. There's no obstacle that we cannot overcome. All right, guys, also I forgot to mention, while you're sitting on your mattress topper with your My Pillows piled up under your Giza Dream sheets, you need to be reading Epoch Times. Epoch Times is the most important one sheet. That's what Steve Bannon calls it, and I'm stealing that because I agree with that especially for those of us who are concerned about the CCP's war on Christianity, the CCP's war against the United States of America, poisoning our children with fentanyl, the CCP's war against marginalized communities around the world. There is no better newspaper than the Epoch Times. Go to ireadepoch.com, use the code Jason Jones, and you get your first month for only a dollar you have to check this paper out. It's going to be your favorite paper. It is my favorite newspaper. I get the print and the digital subscription, the print so it can lay around the house. My children read it, and we can read it together and discuss it. So mypillow.com, the code is Jones. I read epoch.com, the code is Jason Jones. Then you're going to skip on over to thegreatcampaign.org. The show is being brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project. We stand with the most vulnerable people in the world uh, during their most challenging times. You know about our work in Afghanistan, in Africa, the Middle East. Well, we have just launched our freeourbishops.com campaign. There have been bishops that have been disappeared. Jimmy Lai is sitting in prison. Cardinal Zen is facing prison. Jimmy Lai has said he's, he's perfectly resolved to the fact that he's going to die in prison. A prominent Catholic layman who had the nerve to stand up to the CCP's trashing of Hong Kong. Well, we are going to get Jimmy Lai free. We're going to keep Cardinal Zen free. And those bishops that have been disappeared, we will get out of prison. We will defeat the CCP. Go to go to freeourbishops.com. Sign our petition that we are going to send to Pope Francis and to our political leaders. That is the nation of the Vulnerable People Project, main sponsor of the show. All right, guys, I'm heading off to a silent retreat, my annual silent retreat. And I'll be back soon. All right, until next time. The Jason Jones Show. This has been the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Oh, 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 oh,